Welcome to Freedom Matters Today, equipping you to fight misinformation with the truth. This is week 9, part 3 of our series, Freedom from Fascism, a Christian response to mass formation psychosis. I am Michael J. Sutton. We seek to understand freedom from a Christian perspective. The theme for week 9 is Mass Formation Psychosis and Revenge. The title for today's podcast is a question. Did Jesus come to teach us morality? Why did Jesus come? The only acceptable version of Christianity for the state is one that has Jesus promoting morality. They will not tolerate anything else. They often tell us that Jesus came to teach the golden rule, which is what we all need to follow. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Most people think Jesus invented the saying. He didn't. He also didn't tell us to follow the golden rule. I cannot find it anywhere in the New Testament. I struggle to reconcile this expectation of Jesus and his personality. Jesus taught many things and he affirmed many things. This included the teachings of Moses and the Sinai covenant made between the people of Israel and the Lord God. This covenant included the Ten Commandments. But can we say that Jesus came to teach us morality? Jesus didn't come to teach morality or how to live a good life. He came to point to himself and to embody the truth, the way and the life. Jesus did not point away from himself and expect others to follow his gaze. He expected them to look at him, follow him obey him and worship him. In the Gospel of John chapter 14, his disciples ask him, where are you going and why can we not follow you? Jesus is, of course, talking of his impending death, burial and resurrection. The disciples had been told this, even Peter, but for some reason it had not sunk in. Perhaps they did not think it possible. You don't really appreciate something until it is gone. When it goes, it is far too late. Maybe there was a bit of this in their thinking. When Jesus speaks of himself as the way, or the path, or the road, he is not speaking of some moral code to follow. He is not saying that he is introducing a code, or a principle, or a method. Jesus is the path. He is the way. Christ is the road. Jesus did not say to love others or love God. Moses said that. The so-called golden rule exchanges in the gospel are simply recounting what Moses taught, which was to love God and others. Jesus, in all cases, affirms this and declares that this is a summary of the contract at Sinai. In fact, many of his disputes with others in the gospels are issues to do with the Sinai covenant and the laws stemming from these documents found in the first five books of the Hebrew Bible. Jesus affirms the law because he lived under it as a Jew in the first century Israel and lives, as Paul says, under the law. Jesus is not going to deny that which he sought to fulfill. It is crucial for Jesus to live under the law, to obey the law, and there is no reason in the Gospels to expect that Jesus did not do that. He was scrupulous in his obedience to the law. Jesus did not come to teach us morality He came to live the perfect life under the law we could not. His radical teachings on the law were on the side of mercy to those in need and much of the conflict 
was sectarian between the sects that existed at the time, namely the Pharisees, who created the synagogues, and the Sadducees. These men had produced their own interpretation of Mosaic law, their own versions of the law, and they were the dominant views of the time. If we wish to use a contemporary analogy, Jesus was the purveyor of misinformation and fake news, because he alone stood against these men who had hedged the law by creating additional rules around the law in its various forms. Nowhere does Jesus hate these men. In fact, many became believers in Jesus after the resurrection, including Paul. But Christian fascists simply could not help themselves, and they twisted these encounters for their own political ends. They say that Jesus tells us to follow Moses and that he and Moses are saying exactly the same thing. The liturgy of the Church of England, for example, places these legal exchanges at its heart and ignores the gospel, not that they care much about that. Jesus was simply summarising the law that he had come to fulfil. Their Book of Common Prayer is remarkable in that it speaks more about Moses than Jesus. The golden rule is about as low as you can get. Why is that? The law of Moses said to love others according to the standard you expect others to accord you. However, if you hate yourself, then you must hate others. You determine the extent of the love. You are the standard bearer. This is a low standard. The height of love is only measured by your estimation of self-worth. Jesus, however, gives his disciples a new commandment. He goes well beyond the law of Moses and says that he is giving his disciples a new commandment. And this commandment is to love others as he loved them. That his disciples were to love others as he loved them. John 13, 34. How did Jesus love them? Jesus laid down his life for his friends. Jesus gave up everything for others. That is the standard. In Mark's Gospel, Mark chapter 10, verse 45, we have these famous words. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. What does it mean to love others as Christ loved us? Paul says in Ephesians, Ephesians 5.25, that the husband is to love the wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. This means that the husband is to die daily for his wife. The moral code, if there is one, is to live a life like the one Jesus lived, looking out for the interests of others, serving others, and laying down your life for others. Philippians 2.4 That is what love looks like. Jesus is the way to the Father and from the Father. Being the way meant that he was that way. The path to the Father was through him. Throughout his life, Jesus said that he came from the Father. He said that he would return to his Father. John's Gospel places Jesus as both existing before his birth and existing beyond his death. Jesus didn't come to teach us morality. He came to restore that which was lost, an intimate relationship with the Father. This is radical, this is subversive, and chances are many of your church-going friends don't believe a word of it. 
Many Christian fascists today do not believe Jesus is the Son of God, or even that he rose from the dead. That is too much for them. They would accept that Jesus was a good man, who said lots of nice things. He simply wants us to love each other and live good lives. Their religion is Moses and the Ten Commandments, or their version of it. The beliefs of Christian fascists align with the beliefs of most ordinary people. Most people believe that we are all morally good, that we're not criminals or murderers. We don't understand why we need a saviour because we don't really need saving. After all, we do our best and make the best of the situation in life, always make excuses for ourselves, our actions and decisions. Christian fascists therefore need a theology of God since they reject the salvation of God. They don't believe in God, but they need to say something. This is what I call love theology. What they say is, God's a God of love. We're all God's children. We're all forgiven. We're all in God's family. And it's all about love, love, love. My friends, this is hippie love. Get on the love train, brothers. Look at all those mushrooms and breathe in that smoke. Amen, brother. The problem for traditional Christian fascists is that people don't believe in love. Quite the opposite. People believe in revenge. People believe in payback. People believe in betrayal. I believe that a world that holds to revenge is in fact a harvest for the gospel. The gospel is that the Father demanded the death of the Son to pay for sin and that Jesus died on behalf of his people as the Lamb of God. It was bloody, it was brutal, it was for you and for me. And on that dark day on the cross, Jesus bought our salvation from sin, from death, from shame, from guilt, and from evil. Jesus satisfied the wrath of God, and he also took away the need for revenge. A true Christian does not take revenge. A true Christian cannot take revenge on anyone because of the cross, because he or she sees Jesus dying for them and for their sins. The liberal Christian fascists will smoke pot till the cows come home. Their love theology means nothing in a world that demands justice. Christian fascists, however, don't care. But God does. Remember, freedom matters today because you matter to God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can read today's podcast on our blog at freedommatterstoday.com and listen to the earlier episodes of Freedom from Fascism. Please subscribe. Join me tomorrow for another episode of Freedom Matters Today.